Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today, This Week in Geek starts early with our coverage of all the news and reveals for day one of Disney's D23 Expo. Hey, I'm Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric, and all things Disney for this D23 special event episode. Joining me for this week in Geek, we have my fellow Mouseketeers, of course, Darcy the Dank Duck Hudson. Nice. I love it. Donald's my favorite. Right? And there's so <laughs> many wonderful memes of Donald just, you know... On the he's 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 enjoyed the the well what would ducks enjoy that's I guess weed I don't duckweed I'm <laughs> duck pretty weed? sure duckweed's a pond thing yeah makes sense to me <laughs> duckweed ooh put some uh, pants right, on <laughs> yeah put some pants on yeah dude you're Donald ducking it I'm over not, there I swear to God I'm not I'm wearing pants <laughs> yeah yeah no he's not listeners he's definitely not uh, we also have Justin the Jafar Lawrence. That's oh, so funny. People used to call me Jafar in high school. Racist <laughs> f- <laughs> Justin, this is a, this is a Disney-related episode. You're going to have to keep... The- <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Like, we're not off to the best start here, but let's keep going here. Uh, joining right now, got my crew of Musketeers. Uh, hopefully, he'll be a little more civil. We have Kevin's a girl, Hudson. Wait, What? <laughs> The bird from up. The bird Come from on. up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. That, okay. That was that was that was fine. That was okay. All right. I don't, I don't listen. I, you You'll allow it. You'll allow like it. that big goofy bird now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All of our listeners. If we if we've already lost our parents and their, their kids, we've now just lost our hardcore uh, Pixar fandom. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Uh, but as mentioned, we're going to be covering all the highlights and reveals from day one of D23 Expo, which is going on this weekend at the Anaheim uh, Convention Center, which, uh, Darcy, we actually had a chance to visit, and uh, you were telling me you know, off-air about how weird it was just seeing Mickey standing in different spots, and we're like, we were, well, that's where we stood, just like not that oh, long yeah. ago. Well, I'm pretty sure we had a selfie where the, the Mickey statue's placed, so it's just like, huh, it is, I, I've been there. I know exactly where things are laid out in my head. This is cool. Totally, totally. And and so that our listeners know how we're kind of going to lay out this episode, uh, we're going to be kind of focusing on sort of the panels in the order that we were able to watch them at. Uh, not everything was streamed, unfortunately, so we're kind of going off of some some notes from around the, you know, Twitter and, and what have you. Uh, but the, the, the day kicked off uh, with the D- Disney Legends panel. Uh, where we opened with a nice message from Walt himself uh, and then a hype reel of all things, you know, D23, Disney Parks, uh, as, you know, they were celebrating the 100 years of wonder. We had the genie from Aladdin, uh, you know, calling out that they haven't been there for three years. James Monroe uh, Iglehart, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I had the chance to see him on stage in Toronto. He is fantastic. Uh, He's super talented. Um, he even slipped in a body yaddy yaddy into the song at, at one point. Um, but they did open up with a song. It was it was interesting. It was like a mashup of all the various, you know, between The Lion King, Frozen, and Aladdin, uh, the different Broadway musicals. And it, 
I don't I don't know if it fully worked, Darcy. I know you had some sort of you you didn't really enjoy it either. No, I maybe it was the audio quality because some of the streaming aspects did seem a bit you know haphazard at yeah. times. Uh, but the quality or the music's like the songs did not line up at all in my opinion. And when they're singing over each other for like their each of the choruses, I was just. I had such a hard time focusing on what people were saying. It was so dissonant because they were all singing in different keys. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Yeah, no. And I, Darcy, I think it might have been a bit rushed as well. Like it definitely felt like maybe that idea was a little late in the production. Um, so I, you know, I, I, all of these folks are so talented that it just sort of was a little mind blowing to me that that didn't turn out to be phenomenal. But I think it was maybe an overall production issue. Um, you know, with, with how it was made. Uh, Bob Paycheck, I mean, um, Chapek came out uh, on stage and, uh, you know, Disney's CEO uh, came in to introduce the Legends panel uh, and uh, and started introducing it uh, pretty, pretty nicely. And then on the stream we were watching, we got interrupted by Brie Larson <laughs> yeah. and Elijah Allen Blitz coming in to promote their new short film, Remembering, on Disney+. Plus. They talked about dolphins and waterfalls and Things coming through your iPads. I don't know, Justin. What what did you think of the the the, the production of the the stream today? I think the stream itself was a little. Uh, I think just a little bit more planning could have made the the streaming portion of D D twenty three, you know, a little bit more successful and and you know, made it its own special sort of thing for those who couldn't be there that could enjoy it from home and understand what was going on and where they were and stuff like yeah. that. I think Star Wars Celebration does it really well. There's there's an opportunity here to kind of improve on the experience. But that being said, I appreciate the fact that they streamed what they did so we at least got to see something. Totally. I think, I think it's really disappointing because this isn't like something that happened at the, you know, they had to throw it together like this because a pandemic started and they were scrambling. This They had years to put this sort of together and figure out how they could properly put this presentation together. And I don't know if it was, uh, you know, issues in the production truck and, and maybe a lack of communication there. Or just, you know, why not have multiple streams that users at home can flip between? For different halls. <clears throat> for the different halls. Because there's different most halls. Yeah, exactly. In. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, yeah. you know, then you could, you know, go to a black screen. Sorry, this is for people in attendance only whenever you were showing stuff. Sure. And that would sure. just be a really easy way to to prevent anything that people at home aren't supposed to see. It just, this is really weird that they had all this time to organize it and this was the best they could do. I just, Disney does so much right. Anything online is just miles behind where it should be when it comes to Disney, be it booking park reservations anything like that they just seem to struggle with the online format so much which uh, you know makes the fact that at least their streaming service you know Disney Plus is is it, thank god it's good because if it was anything mm. like the presentation today or a lot of their online content who it would have flopped hard a long time ago yeah i mean i was saying off air to to Nate that like Justin mentioned celebration and it was happening at the same place You'd think they'd bring in the same team who was in charge of the streaming at Celebration because it seemed to have their stuff together. So I'm just wondering if what team is different that, I mean, allowed for Celebration to have their format and have it work that, so that Justin, like he was saying, he was able to follow along, along more consistently with their uh, format. And how come that didn't transfer over to this, like their own flagship 
uh, convention. It just seemed odd. Yeah, no, it, it and I, I think the other thing to think about too, like I, I didn't even think about that, Kevin, that they have had a long time to prepare for this. I also think though, as a, as somebody who's had to do live productions <laughs> before, you know, they haven't done it maybe, like actually yeah. run through it. And it's, sure. you know, you could prepare and prepare and prepare, but it's always going to be different when you the have day of. the it, actual exactly. day happening, right? And so I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if they maybe yeah. got a little bit of the jitters there. But listen, we yeah. did, you know, we got to cut to a... a a wonderful guitar performance of uh, "You'll Be in My Heart," which I thought was absolutely beautiful and put me to sleep for a minute. Uh, and then we we got you know they released the Chappic cut uh, at the end of uh, the presentation and actually said, "Hey, we're going to go back and show you the stuff that we we left out." So just kind of inserting that here, uh, we did get an Avengers attraction uh, expansion. Um, sort of tease regarding Marvel Campus that dives deeper into the multiverse. And we're going to hear more, more from that on Sunday. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to, uh, I think Kevin's going to kind of take us through that journey of everything that's announced from the park. So we'll, we'll get back to that uh, at a later time. Um, but we had all the characters come out on stage. And, uh, and by the time we got to see it, it sort of felt like the party had sort of ended. And there's just a bunch of characters on stage now randomly. Um, but they celebrated the Disney Ambassador program. Program, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. They had the first Disney ambassadors like in attendance with them. Uh, Tamron Hall came out and and hosted and and did you know she hosted what she could and uh, I thought she did a, a serviceable job. And then uh, our first celebrated Disney legend was Ellen Pompeo, uh, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, I'm going to kind of list off the legends here, and if there's anyone you guys want to quickly shout out, we'll we'll go for it here. We also uh, Disney Imagineer Robert uh, Coltrane, uh, Patrick Dempsey. Uh, Doris Hardoon, who's an Imagineer. Um, we also had Anthony Anderson, uh, as well as Trace Ellis Ross of Blackish. Uh, uh, Rob Foster's daughter, Debbie Swinson, came out and accepted on his behalf. And he's the guy that actually, like, secretly bought all the property for Disney World. And so he, uh, he was a very important person uh, within the Disney World uh, expansion. Uh, Chris... Montan, uh, who curated and worked with all the musicians to create Disney music, uh, was accepted as well, uh, as well as Jonathan Groff, Kristen Bell, um, and uh, Josh Gad, as well as uh, Adele Dazim, I mean, Idina Menzel, uh, and, uh, and then Don Hahn was not available, unfortunately, uh, but they ended with a really loving uh, acceptance speech from Derek Bozeman uh, for Chadwick Bozeman. So, guys, is there anyone out of that big list that I just named, anyone that you want to kind of shout out and, and talk about their, uh, their acceptance speech for becoming a Disney legend? Chadwick's, I think his was, you know, I love that they left it to the end. Um, it wasn't necessarily as emotional as I would have anticipated. I think his, his brother has some experience with public speaking. He was captivating... But I also think he was a little nervous too, uh, to a certain degree. He sure. kept kind of finding his eyeline over to his family. I think that helped him to stay grounded and remind him mm -hmm. what he was doing there and, and who he was honoring. It just allowed him to stay connected so that he could properly uh, share his his thoughts. And yeah, it was it was great to see that um, you know him being inducted in this Legends uh, program. It, he impacted Disney huge with the introduction of of uh, T'Challa and Black Panther. And that movie really does, you know, set the bar expectations of, you know, what a hero is, right? And he's just such a, he's such a person who very much his own personality was T'Challa, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's very much what 
inducting him into this Disney Legends is is to celebrate is that he was wholeheartedly T'Challa. Yeah, Darcy, how about yourself? Some of my favorites are the Imagineers. I always love seeing the people behind the rides and the parks that we love to go to year after year. So whenever mm-hmm. they get a chance to talk about their experiences or just express their gratitude for our love for their creations, it's it's always really heartwarming to see. And again, those are probably my favorite ones because like uh, Robert, Robert Quiltron said that, you know, they're usually hiding behind the curtain and he was seemed very nervous and was very upfront about yeah. that. And again, Without those guys, we wouldn't have the parks that we we love today. So it's just it's and the really memories. Cool to hear them talk, mm-hmm. yeah, and the memories, yeah. right? Like they they play mm-hmm. a huge part in 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 those memories that we have with those parks, right? So mm-hmm. I will shout out the uh, Grey's Anatomy, you know, Alan Pompeo and 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 Patrick you're a big Grey's fan, eh? I my wife got me hooked on it, so yeah. it's you know I've watched it I've watched it twice through, and that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> so, so uh, it's it's you know it's medical drama soap opera. It's it's enthralling. Yeah. It's a good thing to just turn your brain off. You don't need to think too much about it. So I'll shout out um, uh, Chris Montan who helped uh, curate and work with all the different musicians mm-hmm. to create Disney music. I love that he talked about like talking to Phil Collins on the phone. <laughs> Like over the phone, <laughs> creating the soundtrack for Tarzan and I'll Be in Your Heart. And uh, one of my favorite things he did is he called out Paramount. He's like, I want everyone right now to list their top five Paramount songs. <laughs> it's like, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it, right? You can you can name your top five Disney songs. But um, I just love that. I thought it was such a great uh, sort of uh, little cheeky thing. Um, but I also wanted to call out Kristen Bell, who apologized for you know to all the parents for having to hear the soundtrack to Frozen a billion times. The fact that she dressed up as Bob Iger for her seventh birthday is absolutely uh, phenomenal. Uh, and Josh Gad, uh, getting to hear at the end of his speech, he had a really wonderfully hilarious speech of just like he's like, I peaked, I peaked at forty one. Uh, there's nothing else for me to live for. I'm I'm good. I'm now a Disney legend. Uh, and then I also love how he talked about the fact that he w- applied to be a Jungle Cruise sk- skipper when he was 18, and then he was denied. And so he's like, he's like, I just want to just quickly uh, request that the the Disney recruiter who denied me at age 18 of becoming a Jungle Cruise skipper, skipper please update my resume to say Disney legend, Josh Gad. <laughs> it was just such a good drop the mic moment. Um, he's he's so funny. I'm so happy that that all these wonderful folks uh, got a chance to become Disney legends. Um, let's let's move on here. We you know that panel, like with any award show, went extremely long, way longer than than it it needed to. Essentially, I think they were a bit delayed as well. I don't know what happened. Anytime you have speeches, it's hard to obviously figure out that timing. But it it wrapped about like. 30 or 40 minutes late uh, but they did rap with the cast of Encanto uh, obviously singing we don't talk about Bruno um, and that's you know everyone was it was uh, it was fine everyone's still talking um, about Bruno but he doesn't want to be talked about like he doesn't want to be talked about just stop talking about him it's fine we don't need to talk about him anymore it's a good song but it's like I don't know if it didn't sound good on that stage I will I'll just say that and I think those folks again are incredibly talented musicians mm. and, and vocalists but Something about that sound mixing was not working. Uh, now, we did get a chance then to uh, switch to another stream, which, again, Kevin, you bring up the idea of, like, 
why did they not have this more organized? Or if they did do want to do separate streams, how was that not communicated a little bit better? Because we were sitting there in our mainstream just like, okay, where's the Marvel Games panel? It's about to start. Where's, you know, and then we had to switch over to a completely different stream. So we, we actually got a chance to tune into the Marvel and Disney Games panel hosted uh, by Blessing Adeyoye Jr. of Kind of Funny. Uh, shout out to Blessing, did a phenomenal job. And I'm going to be pulling all this information from Adam Bankhurst at IGN, who did a wonderful write-up. If you want to get a good visual recap of uh, of all the things after we talk about them, uh, and we'll link that in the description. Uh, now, uh, we want to start. I want to start off with Tron Identity. Uh, it's a new visual novel adventure from uh, Bithel Games. Thomas was alone, and I'll tell you this. This, obviously, teaser really doesn't do too much. It's like 30 seconds of, like, a little Tron disc unlocking itself. I, I, I went into the Steam page for this where you can wishlist it right now, and I kind of went on a bit of a journey with, with whether or not I was excited about this game because I will say, you know, uh, Darcy, I think you've talked about Thomas Was Alone on the podcast recently, uh, and so Bithel Games, I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like stoked. So initially, I was like, oh man, it's not going to be like an action game or like a 3D game. It's going to be a a story novel game. But then I saw Bithel Games. Uh, Darcy, what are your thoughts on Tron Identity? Again, I wasn't that excited when I heard a Tron game, and it wasn't until I saw the Bithel Games name attached to it. Uh, a lot of their games are really good at, at telling compelling stories with with really engaging characters. I mean, Thomas was alone is the one. I most recently played it and loved the most because a series, a collection of uh, rectangles with that are just different by color and size, and they managed to invest such a uh, uh, a loving character to each of them that you fall in love with pixels on a screen. So I can't wait to see what they do with some more like a meaty story like Tron because it is a really cool universe to to explore more. So I I am looking forward to the, to their take on it. Totally, yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was very interested. We need more Tron. After mm-hmm. Tron Legacy, I, I've wanted more Tron. So, and there's been rumors of a movie. So, and a video, and it seems perfect for a video game, given the fact that it takes place inside a video game, right? Like, it's, totally, it's in or in, on the grid, right? And there is a gaming portion to it. So, um, yeah, I think it's just it makes sense for them to do something with it in gaming. So, it's nice to hear though that there, it's it's there's a studio behind it that potentially will be be pushing a, uh, you know, a story to go along with this game. Is it going to be available for PS5 or is it like something that uh is PC just and on consoles Steam? in 2023? Is what we Okay, get. cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, we'll have to wait cool. and see. Um we then got uh, a trailer for I think maybe my my maybe my most anticipated or second most anticipated game from this entire panel, uh which is the new co-op game uh, w- with Mickey Mouse and Friends, Illusion Island, uh, which is announced exclusively for Nintendo Switch. Now, I'm not sure if that's a timed exclu- uh, you know, exclusiveness or whether that's going to be um, just it's going to be a Nintendo game, but I am so stoked for this. The art style looks like the recent Mickey Mouse shorts that they've been doing, and it it also reminded me a lot of like the more recent Rayman side-scrolling games that we've been getting. Um, and, dude, just the idea of sitting down couch co-op and uh and and apparently it does uh, we were i was reading earlier that it was they said it wasn't going to support online it does support online and local split screen co-op so i am super stoked to be playing this with the geek centric gang um i definitely want to be i think i want to be goofy i'm pretty sure i want to be goofy i'm pretty goofy (laughs) oh bud 
We're gonna yeah. we'll fight we'll fight on we'll this. Fight one. over Goofy, uh, yeah. But this one does look really uh fun and to be any I'll be mini, I don't care. Just <laughs> I want in on this one when we when we do the group play. Yeah, I feel like Minnie's gonna probably be one of the more powerful characters. I don't know. I feel like she's got looking at her moves in the in the trailer, it just I don't know, it looks fantastic. It just looks so clean too. Like I'm stoked yeah. about how like it just looks it looks like the cartoon and I, I love when games have been doing that recently, especially with like the South Park stuff and where you just you walk by and you're like, Are you watching a cartoon right now? All I can say is dibs on Donald. There you go. I mean you already got the pants off, so um <laughs> now we yeah, also we're not doing same couch split screen if you go pants. Yeah, he's going full Donald. <laughs> he's going full Donald. We can't play co-op. Um <laughs> uh now we did then get to uh, a gameplay trailer for Firaxis's Midnight Suns. Um I gotta mm. admit, I am not a tactical RPG person um but i did want to ask because it is marvel what are you guys thinking of this uh this gameplay trailer for this game that uh, now has an announcement release date of december 2nd well i'm glad it's coming sooner uh, mm-hmm. i'm because it was delayed and i think when it was delayed they didn't announce a date right they right. just said it was delayed mm-hmm. um so it's nice that it is coming out before the end of the year my only trepidation with this game is after playing uh avengers and having that sort of experience, I don't know if that's what they're going for with this one, where it's mm-hmm. going to be very cooperative, you're bouncing around between the different characters, or if it's something like, um, there's this old X-Men game where you like picked your team and you would have like four characters with you or two or whatever, and yep. you would just flip-flop between the two characters as you went through the story. Um, if they do something like that, uh, I do think that the, the character list that they have seems pretty epic. Yeah. Um, you know, to have like a blade and a ghost rider in, in a, in a video game, that's going to be pretty dope. Um, and even just to get a little taste of Wolverine in his own video game, like in that mm-hmm. style, like I know we've had adaptations of that, but you know, it'll be, it looks, it looks interesting. I, I just don't know if I want to jump the gun right, right when release happens to, to try it out. I want to see what people are going to say about it. I, I love the tactical uh, RPG genre. It's some of my favorite games. Just I like cracking puzzles, and those are just puzzles with characters you fight with. So I'm I'm looking forward to it a lot. Again, that roster of characters is sick, and and with that teaser that we got after the gameplay trailer was also pretty cool and got me more excited for the characters involved. Yeah, I was gonna say the animated short uh, trailer. I, it seems like they're gonna do a series of these shorts. That I was like, I'm totally in for that. It's good marketing. Like, that looks it's fantastic. good marketing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that that that's a smart way to kind of introduce the gallery of characters that you'll have. Now they also uh, gave Marvel Snap uh, an October eighteenth official launch. I will tell you, I have been playing Marvel Snap, and as much as I'm not like a tactical RPG person necessarily, card games can sometimes pull me in. And uh, this is kind of like you know, if 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 Midnight Suns is Marvel's XCOM. Uh, this is this is Marvel's Hearthstone, and I am really digging it. I'm playing the beta right now that I had to create uh, a fake like Brazilian Apple ID just to, just to download, and I did it. It's very easy to do if you want to look it up, uh, and I I managed to uh, to download the game and start playing it. And dude, it is so much fun. 
that's where that's where you lose me. I, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of those card based video games. <sighs> if I'm gonna play a card game, I'll play it with a friend sitting across the table. Yeah. No, man. It's just the thing about it that I'm really digging. There's there's really two aspects to it. Number one, it's you can complete a game within three minutes. It's fantastic. Uh, and secondly, the the uh, the aspect of collecting these cards, you can upgrade these cards. It doesn't do anything for them in terms of what they do. It just makes them more visually interesting. So you can upgrade them like to like it does like borderless where you go out the border and then 3d where you actually turn your phone and it actually move the card like sort of moves around it's really neat um and then the cards themselves also have individual actions when you pick them up so if you pick up the iron man card there's little jet boosters coming out of the bottom or if you pick up quicksilver and you move them around he like like switches around really fast with like little blue lines behind him. it's really fun the- the visuals do look really, really snappy. Uh, yeah. no, no pun intended. They are, nope. but they're really, really sharp to sort of to to give it a little bit of a boost over a traditional, you know, card game. Yeah, man. Yeah, check it out. I promise you, make a Brazilian Apple ID if you want before October, unless you want to wait. You can pre-register now as well uh, for the launch for that as well, and you'll get a, a free special edition card or something like that. So definitely check it out. Uh, and then uh, I believe. One thing that Justin was sort of super freaking out about, we got a Gargles Remastered announcement. Yeah. Uh, I think I just said Gargles Remastered. A Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a Gargoyles Remastered announcement. Justin, what did you think of Gargles Remastered? Well, I remember this game being an SNES game, right? So uh, I feel like if it's if it's the same game that I'm thinking of, it was friggin' difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'll be it'd be interesting to see. I, I feel like it's this remastered version is very similar to, uh, I believe it was Aladdin and Lion King that they mm-hmm. released, they re-released uh, for the Switch and and other consoles as well. So uh, I like that they're you know digging back into their retro game packs and saying, hey, why don't we just bring this back because it it did have an audience. You know, I think it's it'll. I think it'll do well. Yeah, totally. When they were making the announcement, they didn't show the um, the the any of the new remastered footage, did they? They just sort of showed the the original. They said stuff. original gameplay and yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and that yeah, the yeah. trailer there. I'm super stoked, and like you said, the, the original game was really hard, and I remember the original Lion King game being super hard too. And a lot of that had to do with the confines of the system they're on now. So this remastering, oh. it's a perfect time to deal with like while well, side scrollers are, are kind of re- getting a resurgence in popularity. This is the perfect time to bring back a game that they can polish off and make easier to play while still bring back all those memories of the people who did play it when they were younger. Yeah, exactly. And like it's it, it was Sega. It was a Sega game. Uh, Sega Genesis. My cousin had it. Now it, it's all coming back to me. And and I, I believe in this in in this article on IGN they say it's it's one of the early projects of Giacchino. Giacchino. Uh, yeah, it's one of yeah yeah yeah. So I think that's that's so funny that he he worked Full on circle. That, that if we music. ever get to chat so, yeah. with him again, I'll just be like, dude, your work on gargoyles was incredible. Um, gargoyles. Don't call it. It's gargles. always called gargoyles. <laughs> gargles. Yeah, don't call yeah. it gargoyles. <laughs> Giacchino, we're going to talk yeah. about gargles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey there, Michael Giacchino. Uh, you did gargles. Uh, okay. Uh, now, we also got another look at Disney Speedstorm, um, which is done by Gameloft. Uh, it's going to be coming out. Uh, it says coming soon, but the trailer was really weird for it because it was like coming soon, and then it was like 
and coming soon. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? What? What's coming soon? Um, and so I guess what they were doing was they they showed off the game, but then they also announced that Sully, uh, Mike Wazowski, Celia May, and Randall will be joining uh, with a new Monsters Inc. inspired racetrack called the Factory. Uh, the cinematic for this game looked incredible. Looked the gameplay great. looks fine. I'm a little worried about the fact that it's Gameloft. Because if, if, if for anyone who knows Gameloft, Gameloft is notorious for normally developing games that are kind of, they, they, they aspire to be the games you love and for a cheaper price uh, or sometimes free. And, uh, and they never quite hit that, unfortunately. So I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, but I'm going to temper my, my uh, expectations. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially with the Mario Kart uh DLC pass going on right now, where they're basically doubling the size of the game over the next year or so. Uh, There's going to be a hard competitor for any other racing game, especially one with from a company with the reputation that you just mentioned. I I'm also very worried, while also kind of interested. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now the the panel ended with a um, a very. We'll talk about what it. There was something awesome that it ended with, but it actually ended. The last thing we got to see was really such a. A mid-announcement uh, Marvel World of Heroes uh, by Pokemon Go developer Niantic, where you can, yeah, I guess you can go fight people in the street and punch them and, and I don't know, become Marvel heroes all over the world. Um, so that's interesting. You can pre-register now if you want to try that out. I don't know if that's going to be something I want to check out. But what I really want to talk about um, is Amy Hennig and Skydance New Media uh, showed off a tease for their new game uh, with Marvel, which is a Captain America and Black Panther story set in World War II, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the game is currently untitled, but it promises to feature four playable heroes, a young Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, a Zuri, who is T'Challa's grandfather, uh, and the World War II-era Black Panther, uh, Gabriel Jones, a U.S. soldier and member of the Howling Commandos, and Nanali, leader of the fledgling Wakandan spy network. This sounds phenomenal. I wish we got to see more of it, but for what they showed and for what they're promising, I am so stoked. What did you guys think of this new Skydance Media uh, and Amy Hennig game from Marvel? I am super stoked. I mean, just the fact that it's set in the 40s during World War II, I'm getting uh, mm -hmm. strong Defenders vibes from it because that is a, a, a very early uh, formation of the team was Captain America, uh, the cyborg human torch, Namor, and uh, uh, Bucky, of course. So it's interesting mm -hmm. to see that the Black Panther teaming up here. It makes sense because in the history, there's always been a Black Panther and I wouldn't see him setting idly by while the world's at stake. So I, I am really, really interested to see what story they're going to tell with these characters because there's a lot of cool potential there yeah and i i think that if if those characters that you mentioned the idea of a team superhero group made up of like retro vintage even uh heroes i think that's awesome i think we'll see them in a sequel and i think this one will probably stay stay relatively focused on on steve rogers and this version of black panther but that said it'd be really interesting to see what sort of side characters they bring in Endless, endless possibilities. And I, Nate, did we talk about this in a we did uh, we, uh, yeah. this week in Geek? Skydance yeah. New Media uh, a while ago announced that they're yeah they're going to be working on another Star Wars game. They're also going to be working on a Marvel game, and I guess this is what it is. Um, I'll just quickly mm -hmm. shout out like Amy Hennig, Kevin, 
Uncharted one, two, three, like this is, that's her, that is her. So the fact that, you know, we're getting from the makers of Uncharted uh, or from the kind of the, 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 I guess, lead writer of Uncharted, um, Amy Hennig is, you know, absolutely phenomenal. I cannot wait to see how many, you know, characters as Captain America, we just get to shoot and not feel any remorse for it all. <laughs> all I know is, uh, you know, they had me at the tag, King, Captain, Soldier, Spy. Like, so that's sick. so badass. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was in right there. Uh, well, that was the Marvel Games panel. Um, and then for, you know, the rest of the evening, we sort of got a little bit of a break. Uh, and then we moved on to the Disney uh, and Pixar Studio Showcase uh, for day one. And uh, for the for this news, it's going to be a little bit ha- haphazard for us. We we didn't get to watch the actual panel, but we did get to uh, see it. Sort of little things dropping throughout the day. Um, I want to quickly mention just two things that sort of popped out super early. Uh, Lorcana, the trading game, or Lorcana, uh, the the TCG coming from Disney. This is their sort of, I guess attempt at Pokemon uh, and Magic the Gathering, and I am so excited. And Darcy, I know you said you're not into the the card games necessarily, but are you stoked to be collecting oh. more cardboard with art? <laughs> uh, excuse me. I said I would play card games with friends sitting across the oh, table. Oh, right, right, right. I okay. love Magic. I've got binders full of that, <laughs> and I play regularly, semi-regularly. Perfect. So I will wholeheartedly be buying these cards, and, and if the game is good, I'm down to play too. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Sweet deal. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I I'm interested to see what hollows they have and how they like do like rare cards, and they're gonna start doing things like park exclusive Lorcana cards. So uh, that's gonna be quite quite a wonderful thing to collect. Kevin, you're you're making a face there. Are you gonna collect Lorcana uh, with us? Are you gonna become a Lorcana boy? No, I haven't collected something like this since the original Pokemon cards. Yeah, um, <laughs> but this just seems like it could be. My cup of tea. Oh no! Oh, yeah. No. What are they I'm doing stoked. to me? I'm so stoked. <laughs> and then uh, you got me like, oh, park exclusives. Now I have to be in on this. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. We're gonna go nuts for it. I cannot wait. Um, and then, uh, Justin, you put into the into the Discord. You actually popped in uh, the Splash Mountain makeover uh, image from D23. They had sort of a, a model or a, a mock up uh, that they made. Um, let's quickly talk about that. I think they that, that looks pretty fantastic so far. It looks from the some of the concept art that we were seeing. It looks a lot brighter. Um, they've got apparently there's going to be a new restaurant um, it, that's kind of a Tiana's Palace theme uh, where they're going to sell special sauces and spices. And like, dude, I'm like. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Sauces and spices. It's gonna be Louisiana. It's gonna be amazing. yeah. It's gonna be Louisiana cuisine style, right? Yeah. Like it's gonna it's gonna definitely ha- be a vibe. And you know, I think again, this might be something that uh, even though it's it's on display at at the expo, I think mm-hmm. it, there's gonna be a lot more visuals that we're gonna have to see uh, come Sunday uh, when when we're we're talking about the parks, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, even just to see little hints of this, it was it's pretty cool. And I, again, I think this was something else we talked about. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a surprise that they are, you know, uh, revamping Splash Mountain into uh, a Princess and the Frog themed yeah. uh, ride, which. Yeah, I think you and Kevin talked about on on a This Week in Geek, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we totally did. Yeah, but we didn't know about Eudora's chic boutique 
featuring Tiana's gourmet <laughs> secrets. Um, I'm I'm just so stoked, man. I'm I'm stoked for Tiana's Bayou Adventure, and I cannot wait to see. And I'm I'm calling it yet again. Beignet scents being sprayed into the air at a certain section of the ride. I guarantee it'll happen. I it, guarantee. There's it. gonna they're gonna sell them somewhere. That's you're yeah. gonna be able to get physical beignets. Like if yeah. they're if they're revamping that whole area with a restaurant and a shop and everything, I think I, I they'd be foolish not to. But uh, you know, I think at least the the piped in scents would would certainly make sense at, at, at some point on the ride. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Eric Voss, uh, who kind of helped us gather all this information as he was on the inside during the panel. Uh, and the first thing that they actually got to see was some exclusive footage of Haunted Mansion. Uh, didn't, we don't, we don't have any description for the footage. I tried looking it up. I couldn't find any, but they did announce the cast for Haunted Mansion. Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Danny DeVito, Winona Ryder, Dan Levy, Hassan Minaj, Jared Leto, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, who rode in on a Haunted Mansion chair. Um, Kevin, call it a doom buggy. Oh, sorry, call it what the it is, doom please. buggy. I'm, I'm reading. This is from Eric Voss. Okay, he must have been quickly typing things in. He knows better. Kevin, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this cast for, uh, for the new Haunted Mansion movie? Dude, anything Haunted Mansion is my absolute germ. Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that a cast like this has been assembled, uh, you know, it's going to be a billion times better than the Eddie Murphy uh, atrocity. <laughs> we don't talk about that was. one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I just I, I couldn't be more excited for uh, for this movie. Um, and yeah, the cast, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a spooky spooky ride i'm i'm just excited to the see photo. how they implement you know some of the the i hope the stuff from the ride you know what i mean like i think that's the yeah, well. that's gonna be the best part i i never saw the eddie murphy one so I, I don't know if they did that in that one but i hope i hope they do that in this one i'm looking forward to it i'm not sure if they'll go the route that they did in the comics so with the uh disney line kingdom keepers they release kind of mini series based on rise there's been a tiki room one and of course a haunted mansion one that i i really enjoyed and it was uh, about a boy dealing with the loss the loss of his grandfather and then finding out that his grandfather is trapped in this magical mansion oh wow where ghosts reside and so we see you know the the hitchhiking ghosts make an appearance in the comic and pickwick the, the chandelier ghost is there so if it's anything like the comics they're going to find ways to definitely allude to the the ride and still tell a really cool story darcy your your um your knowledge of comics never ceases to amaze me i had no idea there were freaking disney comics based on rides i gotta check those out for sure that's not amazing oh yeah they're great little mini series and and well written so cool. definitely worth a, a read nope I'm digging that Disney's very committed to telling stories in and around their rides to like materialize them as oh, part of the storytelling. I see what you did there. You know, materialize. <laughs> yeah, materialize. You got, you got it. Right, yeah, you got it. Wow. Um, I will say the photo of Jamie Lee Curtis in this dune buggy uh, does <laughs> yeah. look awfully familiar to Xavier. <laughs> So at first, yeah. I, at first glance, I thought they were announcing Xavier. <laughs> Jamie but... <laughs> Curtis cast as Xavier. That wow. would be that would be something. That would, that be, would something. be something. But uh, I I clued in after I saw I, I read the post. Justin, copy, you're, so, for the Marvel yeah. for the Marvel when the Marvel panel happens, you have to retweet this picture of Jamie Lee Curtis and be like, cast as... that's incredible. Um, okay, let's let's keep going here. Uh, a Lion King prequel movie was announced titled Mufasa. 
uh, The Lion King and will release Forever. in 2024. Uh, Disney has revealed the Lion King prequel film uh, to be released in 2024. The prequel will reportedly explore the mythology of the characters, including Mufasa's origin story. And uh, Barry Jenkins uh, of Moonlight is attached to direct. Um, we also have uh, Kevin, Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Aaron Pierre uh, are set to lead the voice cast. Pierre will play Mufasa while Harrison Jr. is playing Taka. Uh, Jenkins and Pierre previously worked together on the Amazon series, The Underground Railroad, and the movie will be in a live-action style created through photorealistic animation and computer-generated imagery that we've seen uh, before with the the quote-unquote live-action version of The Lion King. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's just jump right into it. What are our thoughts on Mufasa, The Lion King? Well, you know, we're wrapping up our review for for Pinocchio, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a live-action retelling of a story that already took place and we already got our version of Lion King it's interesting now that we're getting a new story now we're getting some uh more of that originality that we we've been wanting uh with taking the stories a little bit further uh in the live action capacity so Barry Jenkins is he's a solid director and filmmaker uh I think Moonlight is very much proof of that um yeah I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this and Totally. For sure. I I mean, you mentioned the two voice actors there, and I I find it curious that you just said Taka and kind of moved on, because isn't Taka Scar? Oh. Isn't that Mufasa's brother? Like, his name was Taka before he got the Scar. It wasn't like he was named Scar and then got a Scar later on. It just happened to line up, so... I think I, I think I part of we'll see the origin of that villain. I didn't read the really, I think really cool. Darcy. I yeah. didn't read the comics. I never read the comics, so I'm sorry. I'm a little <laughs> loose on but, my Lion King no. cinematic universe uh, law. Uh, but I well, that's <laughs> I will say um, I'm I am stoked for this. I think it's going to be. Um, I, I, I here's the thing. I wasn't I wasn't as hot on the the live action Lion King as well as Pinocchio because of just how much it was basically what we've already seen. This is going to do something different, and I'm so excited to see an original story within this world with these characters. It's going to give us a different perspective, and I I, I think it's going to maybe give us a a different look at Mufasa because I think Mufasa is such an an intriguing character to explore because we're really, we really, spoilers, we meet him at the end of his life uh, in The Lion King. So to see sort of where he came from, how he grew up, and also to see Taka uh, or Scar, I think is going to be phenomenal because I really feel like they might do that thing where the roles are a bit reversed, where maybe, yes, the movie's about Mufasa, but we're maybe rooting for Taka for a big portion of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, both of their origin stories. If anything, it's it's probably an origin story to how their feud mm-hmm. kind of start. Yeah. So potentially, I think this this movie could explore that. Kevin, is there anything you want to talk about <laughs> with this announcement? Um, <laughs> you know, the, you know segment. how I feel about prequels uh, yeah, for the most part. Although yeah. this is this is definitely an interesting idea. Um, I just I don't think I'm as down on these live action remakes as as you guys might be, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for this because it's a it's an interesting idea, uh, but not because oh I'm sick of them remaking the the animated films, uh, which I think is something 
uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about as we as we go through a few oh, more of these. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. Like this next one, uh, where we got confirmation that Jude Law is completing the trifecta. He's going to be, you know, he was in Marvel, uh, in in Captain Marvel. He's he's in Star Wars, uh, in the new Skeleton Crew series, and now Disney uh, as Captain Hook uh, in Peter Pan and Wendy. I know it was rumored before, but now he is. 100% confirmed. So uh, that's intriguing. It's a good poster. And it's directed and it's directed by um, uh, the, the director of The Green Knight, David Lowry. He did a really great job with Pete's Dragon. He also directed that one. If anything, that has me even more excited for how this could be different yet true to the, to the original um, and, and maybe very much have the sentiment of, of modernizing it. Because I, I agree with like Kevin, I think there is something to be said about them revisiting these stories and retelling them the way that we remember. I get it. It doesn't necessarily need to be done, but I think it's for a whole new audience. And, you know, this one feels like it could very much strike that chord of feeling fresh and new for both new audiences and, and those who love the original. Hearing live action Peter Pan, I'm super excited. Peter Pan was one of my favorite cartoons growing up, but not only that, I also loved Hook, which was already a, a live action retelling of the tale. So I think with this one, it'd be really cool to see not only homages to or retelling of that original story, but maybe get some of those, you know, Hook elements to it and, and, and you know, connect that to it as well, because that is also a beloved movie from our childhood. So big hopes for this one. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to wait until 2023 to see if it gets its hooks in us. Uh, but let's uh, let's. Let's maybe um, shift sales here. I think, uh, you know, there is a f there was another live action thing that was announced that takes place under the sea. But uh, but we're going to we're actually going to save that for our trailer time. So, Kevin, make sure you have the banjo. You have it with you. Oh, let me just uh, yeah, yeah. you don't have to play it just yet you don't have to play it just yet we just okay. make sure it's ready to go um, because I did also want to mention we got some stuff from Pixar um, Pixar's Elemental is coming June 2023 we got a confirmation there um, attendees at the expo got to see an in work progression animation uh, and some art introducing the lead characters Ember and Wade uh, which is fantastic like Wade you know how like you wade in the ocean um, which it's they're going to be a romantic couple composed of fire and water um i'm stoked for elemental i know we've talked about the the announcement of the movie uh previously is there anything you guys want to mention about elemental just at that poster the artwork looks a lot like some of the the early artworks from more other pixar movies we've seen so i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing that style fully explored uh in this movie so yeah yeah it looks cool very cool yeah, yeah 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 on a very on a very basic level it does seem like that sort of traditional pixar idea where they take something very simple and and expanded into a, a much larger world, and so it might be neat to get almost back to the the, the roots of that style of, of uh, Pixar storytelling. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Socks in the directing chair. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to uh, what he's able to do because he's he's worked with Pixar for for quite a while. So I love that Pixar is really trying to open like open that chair to those who have been there for a really long time. And just, they really want to tell sto stories that, that mean something to them. Um, and I think, yeah, Peter Son, you know, has, has worked at Pixar uh, for quite some time. So yeah, it's, it's great that he's, he's able to step into the director's chair and make this movie. 
Yeah, and that poster, I mean, I think uh, Megan, who uh, hasn't, it didn't get the opportunity to, to sit with us, but was following along with the news, uh, and she was just saying, "That's there we go, another art book for the shelf. She's going she's gonna to pick that one up. Um, we then also got to see a, a still for uh, Pixar's Win or Lose, which is the studio's first long-form series focusing on a softball team, and we got the announcement that Will Forte is going to be voicing the coach whose emotional crisis take literal forms, uh, and apparently it looks hilarious. Uh, the, the screenshot that we got is just absolutely endearing Pixar. Yeah, and I mean, it's a, a sports show that's Pixar like Kevin you got to be all up and down this right this this was this was one of the the announcements today that uh, I I didn't really know much about going into but uh, I'm very very excited to to learn more and see uh, I think there's there's a lot of potential for uh, a great story and and now that you're you're my sports movie buddy yeah uh, as you're getting right into them uh, this 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 will be one we can bond over I think Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. He can be your little spoon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pixar also announced their next project uh, in the studio's pipeline coming spring 2024, Pixar's Elio, um, in which a kid from Earth accidentally becomes the leader of an alien federation, uh, which that storyline to me felt very, um, very Sony animation more so or or even maybe something from like dreamworks kind of thing like it felt very um it just didn't it's it sounds unoriginal for pixar but i know that they're going to be able to make it you know something super fun and, and original um right. and then amy poehler came out onto the stage to announce and this was huge i was like i couldn't believe it i was not expecting this inside out 2 coming summer 2024, which takes place in riley's teenage head uh where new emotions uh, are going to uh, you know start to show up, which is so smart. It's so incredible. I'm so excited for Inside Out too. Yeah, I think I think the fact that you know again Inside Out was hugely successful, and I think even with something like Turning Red and the success that that movie had, I think it's you know great that Pixar wants to come back and do an Inside Out two and and you know talk about the teenage mind and the new emotions that show up. And, and have that conversation because I think in a lot of ways Inside Out was a way for kids to understand, engage emotions. And now those kids have grown up, right? Now those exactly. kids have grown exactly. up and this it's, is coming out of the perfect time. And, exactly. So I feel like, you know, timing is everything. And, and I think that this is is really intelligently timed to to really hit the audience. Yeah. The one thing I'm worried about when you say new emotions, though, is is what happens to the emotions that, that don't make the cut? Because, I mean, we saw inside Roddy's parents' heads and they just had the straight five. So what happens to those new emotions? Like, I'm worried, are we going to get another bing bong? Right. Well, I mean, will they maybe they'll be more suppressed, right? Like, I'm wondering if, if she maybe goes through a bit of like they an, have different like, levels or if she goes through like an emo phase at one point and dyes her hair black and has got the jelly bracelets and. Imagine, fear. imagine fear, but he's got like a like a comb over, and he's like really <laughs> just scared of like the darkest, most you know emo things. It would be really fun, um, yeah. And then Zootopia Plus, 
was announced a six episode anthology series coming to Disney Plus on November 9th from Disney Animation Studios. Uh, and apparently, there's going to be one episode where it's about a sloth couple arriving at a restaurant right before closing. Now, Kevin, I know you worked at a restaurant. Did you ever have a sloth couple show up right before closing? And you're just like, come oh, on. Oh, my. Oh, once a week. I'm I'm really intrigued. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like there's like a weasel that like wins the lottery at some point or something like that. A da- there's like a an all um a dancing uh you know I think who is that? That's like the leopard from the from Zootopia along with like the ox. I can't remember their names, but dude, that looks uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Well, I feel like this is sort of what you wanted with Raya and the Last Dragon. It is what I wanted. With is Raya. an anthology, yeah. an a, an anthology series that explores uh, a little bit more of of the worlds, right? And I think again, we were introduced to it. We didn't really spend too much time in the city. We we got introduced to a lot of different characters, and I think what's nice about this is that it at least opens up that world that much more. Mm-hmm. So it's a smart way to look at your stories and how you can extend them. Uh, uh, Zootopia is probably my favorite Disney animated movie since at least Big Hero 6, if not since Tangled. So mm. I'm super excited to get back to this world and, and see what else can uh, can happen there. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I mentioned with our, our more recent short uh, series reviews with Cars and Groot about how much I love them. And, and this seems, again, right up that alley where they're focusing on, on telling very specific stories in a world we already know so i'm all for that yeah man yeah if Clawhauser, i found found out his name if Clawhauser is going to be doing (laughs) some epic dance moves i'm super stoked um and then uh we we you know i think the last thing from disney animation that was announced uh at the panel was disney's wish uh an animated feature coming 2023 set in rosas a fantasy fairy tale kingdom uh, where wishes come true and a girl named Asha teams up with a silent star uh, and it's implied that the star is the star that every Disney character has wished upon, which is crazy meta Disney storytelling at its finest that I think is super cool. Apparently, Alan Tiddick is going to play a, a goat named Valentino who wears pajamas. Um, so that's going to be pretty fantastic. What did you guys think of the uh, the concept art that we got to see for Wish? Before we get into the concept art, mm. uh, not every star, because we know the Blue Fairy is the star that Pinocchio and Geppetto wished on. So oh, okay. everyone but them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, I'm all for it. It sounds really cool. Uh, I, I love a good, you know, mythical lore connecting all these movies that, you know, we already try and build as fans. Mm-hmm. So to see a movie where they're potentially going to explore that conne- uh, interconnectivity that we look for is really cool. I think it's fantastic. And I think what an opportunity to also find a way to integrate this into the park, right? Because I think that's where that's where we're used to seeing all these characters come together and, and interacting. Um, but there's not really any sort of lore or storyline to the the park itself. There's certain, there's sort of, you know, they have their own sort of park stories that they sort of have in different sections. But to have something that might connect them all together would be pretty fantastic. So I, I'm going to set my expectations at like, Maybe they'll do that, but uh, we'll have to wait and see because it's just it's just implied that it's the star that they all wish on. But it would be really cool if that's the case. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm certainly going to wish upon a star. In fact, I'm going to wish upon a star right now. I'm going to make a wish, and hopefully Kevin will grant my wish and play us right into... It's trailer time! All right, so we actually got three 
trailers uh, out of this panel today, and we're going to talk about all three of them. Uh, first one was actually for something that we got a a teaser for already back in January, um, but this one was the first official full trailer for Hocus Pocus 2, directed by Anne Fletcher. Uh, three young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to a modern-day Salem uh, and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. Of course, returning the Sanderson sisters themselves, Bat- Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, uh, and Sarah Jessica Parker, alongside newcomers Whitney Peake, Melissa Escobedo, uh, Lilia Buckingham, Hannah Waddingham, which I'm super stoked to see, uh, and Sam Richardson, which I'm also super stoked to see. This is going to be streaming exclusively pretty soon on Disney Plus, September 30th. Kevin, I'm going to pass it right to you. Uh, what did you think of our first full official trailer for Hocus Pocus 2? Oh, the Sanderson sisters are back, baby. Uh, this looks awesome. Uh, honestly, this looks like it captures all of the fun of the original uh, I love the the just the the few quick moments that you see, giving you know Kathy and Jimmy's character uh, uh, a silly broom to ride or a, you know equivalent of a broom to ride on, and then um, Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, uh, sweet uh, innocent. Uh, uh, I don't want to say anything mean about her because she's just so lovely, <laughs> uh, but I love the you know let's split and uh, anyways it just looks like they've got some really fun jokes uh, lined up for for the sisters and it looks like a an easy way to sort of bring all of the familiar characters back uh so yeah i'm all for this one can't wait got the got the countdown this will be my introduction into the halloween holiday season for sure yeah i loved it i mean i have a recent addition to the the hocus pocus fandom uh i never watched it growing up i was wasn't the biggest fan of scary movies or halloween themed movies just because i was a bit of a chicken uh but after watching the first one, I, I instantly fell in love with these characters, and, and seeing this trailer, it looks like no time has passed at all for the for them stepping into these shoes. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to more adventures with with these familiar faces. And again, seeing uh, the, Billy's grave at the end there, and he's a good zombie. You feel so bad for the guy again already. So I love it. I like seeing Mary uh, <laughs> Mary Sanderson on the hover on the hover the hover yeah. shoes or whatever. Like I love that they're yeah, bringing yeah. them into the into the modern Two times. Roombas. They're well, like yeah, yeah, because yeah, they were using Roombas well, she, to fly. Because yeah, there's she rides a vacuum in the first oh, one because they they don't okay. have any brooms, and yeah. so that's why they've updated it. And so now she's got the you know yeah, it's it's a great little bit. So good. I I honestly have barely sort of seen parts of the first one i haven't really watched enough of it so i'm gonna have and I to already jump gave in. you crap last time we talked about know, that so like i'm really hoping you're gonna watch oh. the the original yeah it'll be a back go. to it's it'll be a time. back to back it'll be the same thing i did with ghostbusters um this looks kind of like what i predicted from when we were talking about the the teaser of like i feel like it might be a force awakens style movie where they maybe they go from being sort of the the antagonist to working alongside the younger girls and instead of like taking their souls from them or whatever they they pass on their powers i feel like that's gonna i feel like there's a bigger bad at play that's gonna come into it's gonna come back maybe from their past maybe that woman we saw you know talking to them on their 16th birthday might come back uh and so i think that would be pretty cool i love flashbacks i'm always a you know huge fan of flashbacks and i'm a huge fan of sam richardson and hannah waddingham um and you know obviously with ted lasso and, and their characters there were so good and I think his character of Gilbert getting more screen time than I originally thought, uh, based on the teaser trailer that we got back in June. I am, I am so for it. I'm really, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this now. 
that's what I was gonna say. It's the it's not just the returning characters. Uh, it's it's the the supporting characters that they're adding that you mentioned, Sam Richardson, uh, Hannah Waddingham, and even Tony Hale. I, I mean, oh, I think yeah. there's there's a lot of potential there for uh, some some fun with those characters for sure. Very cool. Uh, the next trailer that we got was for a sequel. Uh, to Enchanted called Disenchanted. This is directed by Adam Shankman. Ten years after her happily ever after, Giselle questions her happiness, uh, inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Andalasia upside down in the process. This is starring Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, I, uh, Adele Dazeem, I mean, Idina Menzel. I'm going to say it every time. Uh, James Marsden, all returning alongside newcomers. I'm so stoked to say Maya Rudolph uh, is going to be in this movie as well. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, Oscar Nunez, and Jamie Mays. This is streaming exclusively this year on Disney+. Plus. November 24th. What a lovely treat to find out that we're going to get this movie this year when like so many people didn't even know it existed up until uh, earlier today. Uh, Darcy, what are your thoughts on Disenchanted? Uh, I'm really excited for it. I love the original. Uh, the vibes I got from this uh, trailer, though, was very much WandaVision. I, I feel oh. like it's basically the Disney princess version of WandaVision where she, she makes a wish and it goes wrong. And, and I can't wait to see what things happen because of that and how these two worlds will, will be in colliding. So it, I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I think Maya Rudolph uh, is playing Malvina Monroe in this movie. I think um, Malvina is going to secretly grant Giselle the ability to start making wishes, but it's got like an uh, Ursula effect where it starts giving, you know, maybe Malvina then gets takes over uh, Giselle's body because we do hear that bell at the end of the trailer rings and then Giselle's voice is completely different. And then even at the end of the trailer when she says wicked good, it's completely different. Um, that's That's kind of my theory on it. I don't know what, what you guys think. Yeah, it'll, it, it's certainly the idea of be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, this will be such a fun opportunity to go back and watch the original, which I haven't watched, you know, since it came out. Mm-hmm. I can't believe 15 years ago. <laughs> what? Um, so, so, you know. Wow. Uh, that's that, that's that's going to be cool. I don't think uh, Sarah's ever seen the original, so uh, we'll definitely do uh, much like uh, you're going to do with Hocus there we Pocus. Go. We'll do a nice back-to-backer. Exactly. Very nice. And I love that line that uh, where she's like, that's not an adventure. That's a landfill. And she's just she's also so innocent. Just a, a land filled with adventure. It's so, <laughs> so well done. The writing's so good. I you know And James Marsden is so good in the original and he looks like he's he's right back at it here. He's so funny in that role. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to see that it looks like he'll be uh, at least somewhat prominent in this one. Yeah, man. I'm I'm a little I'm a little upset that Kevin Lima uh, just because I'm a big Kevin Lima fan, didn't get a chance to come back to direct this one. Uh, instead, we got Adam uh, directing it. But I do think it's you know it still looks hilarious. It still looks like a lot of fun. Uh, now the the last trailer that we got for trailer time here, uh, we got a a first teaser look at the Little Mermaid, directed by Rob Marshall, who's also done Into the Woods. Mary Poppins, the live-action version, and Chicago. Uh, This is a live-action remake of the original Disney classic where a young mermaid makes a deal with a sea witch, speaking of Ursula, uh, to trade her beautiful voice for human legs so she can discover the world above and impress a prince. This is starring Halle Bailey, David Diggs, Jacob Tremblay, Aquafina, Jonah, Howard King, 
uh, Javier Bardem and Melissa McCarthy as Ursula herself. Uh, And this is going to be coming out, I guess, uh, 2023. We don't have a date yet for it. Uh, Justin, what are your first thoughts at our first look at The Little Mermaid? Again, you know, we're coming off the heels of Pinocchio and and it was a retelling and you know, I'm I'm okay if this is, you know, shot for shot the exact same thing of Little Mermaid because even with this little teaser, I think it's telling you that it is going to be that. You know, Rob Marshall, he has the the filmmaking background similar to that of of Robert Zemeckis, right? So it, it's 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 fitting that these these veteran filmmakers are stepping in to, you know, help retell or reimagine however you want to look at it. You know, the 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 animated movies into live action that kind of follow the mold of i think what favreau started with jungle book and continued with with lion king mm-hmm. i mean you, you mentioned that based on the trailer you think it'll be just another like another one of the uh, you know shot for shot or close to remakes and all i can say is i don't know how you can tell based on that trailer because talk about a teaser oh my god there's just so much time showing nothing right and i, I was almost a little disappointed that they didn't show us more only because I can't believe how long we've been waiting for this. You know, it's been over three years since we made our YouTube video um, celebrating The Little Mermaid with the Funko Pops. And we did that when they had announced the cast and they were starting production. And so it's crazy when you see they've announced Snow White today and that's going to be out within, you know, two years of that announcement. And here we are well over three years. It'll be close to, to four years by the time this movie finally hits uh you know screens uh so it's just crazy how long it's been going and then after all of this wait we barely get a glimpse of of anything so it's i i need more i mean little mermaid was my my favorite animated film uh when i was when i was young i saw it four times in theaters um and so i'm i'm very excited for this one and so yeah i'm just a little disappointed we didn't get to see just a bit more of this world. I wanted. I wanted more than just that little part of this. world. I will say though, it it the well, you know, the, for the, as little as we got, I thought it looked gorgeous. I think the waves looked gorgeous. I love the art direction they're going with Ariel's design. I love that she's more fish like. I think that's phenomenal. I like that they're not afraid to go, kind of, uh, you know, not that she looks gross herself, but like just sort of that. That underwater sort of, you know, tentacly sort of fish look uh, with scales and and they're not afraid to sort of really go realistic with it. Um, And I think, you know, Halle Bailey's version of Part of Your World, I'm not going to lie, had me kind of getting it teared me up a little bit. Like I was um, I was I was it just made me really excited to hear the whole version. I just do hope that there's enough different in this movie. Give us different versions of the same story change things to the degree of Aladdin honestly I thought that was such a great you know after coming out of that movie and sort of feeling like cool now I've got two versions of the of the Aladdin story that I could check out give me that for Little Mermaid I think they can pull it off uh and I really I I know I, I we literally just said in the Pinocchio I said in the Pinocchio review like I should stop getting my hopes up but my hopes are back up (laughs) I don't know what to tell you I mean Building off what Kevin said and the shortness of this uh, teaser, I, I, it has me concerned that they're they're still trying to figure out their animation. Because mm. I mean, we talked about how in Pinocchio, how Figaro kind of looked very weird, and he was, you know, as soon as he got wet, it looked odd. And I'm, she looked great swimming and everything like that, but when there was a long, you know, still on her face as she's singing, looking up in the sun, 
the hair kind of started looking a bit weird to me. And I'm wondering if they're trying to figure out the physics for a lot of the, these underwater scenes when they're talking and not being moving around and just being more static. Cause yeah, that's I think, where these uncanny valleys will happen. I think swimming will probably be a lot easier for them, but yeah, when she's sitting on the rock, it almost, it doesn't quite look like she is underwater. Yeah. I totally, she's just sitting in there. a room with a spotlight above her yes. and then the hair is all added in in post. It was, there's a disconnect somewhere and I'm not sure if that's like, if that's why we only got a teaser that long. Hmm. And I love her braids. I just want to shout out. I'm just watching the trailer again. Like, I love her braids. I love that she's she's doing, you know, again, they're they're doing enough with the design differently that gives me that that glimpse of hope that maybe they'll do a little bit more with the narrative and the storyline to to give us a, a little bit of a different story. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I'm sure she's going to be excellent in it. But um, that is that is there was so much we had a chance to uh, to talk about here. Uh, and that's just day that's just day one. There's stuff we missed as well. I'm sure you could find it all on Twitter and what have you. But um, but that is just day one of D23 Expo. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week in geek uh, special edition episode. Uh, and if you did, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to subscribe to podcasts. Uh, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on any of the news that we talked about from D23 or, or anything we might have missed or or your excitement for The Little Mermaid. Uh, well, Justin, I'm going to go ahead and just, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this dingle hopper. I'm going to throw this dingle hopper at you to catch to be able to tell our audience how to find us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, as well as our interviews. Uh, for instance, we have interviews out with Mater himself, Larry the Cable Guy. We have an interview with Pinocchio's composer, speaking of Pinocchio, uh, composer Alan Silvestri and songwriter Glenn Ballard. Uh, and we also have an interview out with Barbarian director Zach Kreger. So go check out those interviews, both on the podcast feed and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. We also have our spoiler-free reviews for Disney's Pinocchio and uh, Disney and Pixar's Cars on the Road, which you can check out right now. I'm going to sing it every single time because that song is great. Uh, also, if that's not enough for you, we recently got back from Fan Expo uh, as press, uh, and we we dropped a, a six interviews uh, with various Canadian artists and brands who make some really epic geeky stuff. So you can check those out on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and we also have our weekly watch club uh, that we put out every single Friday uh, for She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So you can check out you know the episode on Thursday and sort of gather your own thoughts and then join us on Friday for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, uh, where we just give our theories and, and, and predictions. And uh, Darcy's had some really spicy predictions for episode four. So definitely tune in to those episodes. And leave a five-star review if you don't mind. My fellow Mouseketeers, we're going to go continue on a journey. We're going to have more coverage of D23 Expo throughout the weekend. Uh, so we'll see what gets announced. I'm very excited for the Marvel panel. I'm very excited for the Disney Parks panel. Uh, and so we'll be covering all of that. Uh, check out our socials to find out where and how and when you can find all that stuff. Darcy, Kevin, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this D23 Expo episode. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Laters. Peace.